Are you here? Are you here? <laughs> That's the question that lets you know that this truly is, in fact, the Paul Leslie Hour, and you're experiencing it now. Welcome. You know, it's one of the most talked about books this year, entitled simply Tucker from All Seasons Press. It's a biography of Tucker Carlson, the famed political commentator and media personality. And would you believe we have the author of the book, Tucker, on this episode? Wow, talk about timely. We're pleased to present an interview with Chadwick Moore. Chadwick's a journalist, a public speaker, columnist, and author. We know you're all excited to meet Chadwick. But real quick, will you please subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. I know you can. I know you will. And thank you. Takes just a second, and you'll be piped in to all our interviews and reviews. Say, I wonder, I wonder what Chadwick Moore has to say. Let's find out. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Is this Chadwick Moore, whose birthday was this week? Yes, it is. The very one and same. The same one that was called a, a menace to the gay community and mankind in general? That was my favorite compliment. I, I put it in the praise section of my first book. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. Well, Chadwick Moore, congratulations on the book. It's, it's really a wonderful, wonderful read. I finished it in just over 24 hours. Oh, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm glad you appreciated it. Thank you. Yes, sir. So thank you so much for joining us. Chadwick Moore is the author of the book simply entitled Tucker. Why did the world need a book about this man, Tucker Carlson, so often just called Tucker? Well, I think that he has become, well, not only the most important and influential voice in American politics, he's, uh, as a, as a sub note to that, he's become the conscience of the Republican Party in so many ways. And we saw that in Iowa. And also, uh, to, he is, there's never been a, a sort of Tucker origin story written that wasn't from a left-wing liberal magazine that was attempting to smear him or be snarky or snide about him in some way. There was never really an honest there hasn't really been an honest um, uh, exploration into who he is, where he came from, uh, what he's really like. And also, he's just, and I've known this as, you know, being a regular on his show and just sort of having known him a bit over the last, for the last six or seven years from being on his show, that he's, um, yeah, I knew he was a, stood out in cable news, not only because of his views and, and his talent, but because He's someone that you would actually want to read a book about. I don't think anyone would want to read a biography of, you know, Sean Hannity, not to pick on Sean, but I'm sure some people would. But I think that he stood out in the fact that he was an interesting subject and a uh, dynamic subject and and someone who's who's sort of rich and complicated in a way that a lot of people in TV fail to be. I think you're absolutely right. And And something else that you bring out in the book is that, you know, Again, like you said, and we're not picking on Sean Hannity, but people want to know about Tucker. And I, I wrote a review of the book, and I mentioned my neighbor, Bill, uh, and he would come over and he'd have his phone in his hand and he would say, did you, did you see what Tucker said? And always first name basis. 
almost like here's this guy that we know. How do you think Tucker Carlson has been able to develop that kind of relationship with his viewers? Uh, it, it's a great question. And I think it's, it's uh, you know, I don't think it's any anything calculated or planned. I think it's really, it's who he is as a guy. Uh, <laughs> Tucker on air has a connection with his viewers in a way that no one else in cable ever had. And uh, it's, it's the only thing I can say is it's a singular talent. Not only is he an extremely literary guy, which, uh, you know, I hope to capture in the book. He's a, he's a, he's a writer first more than he's a TV performer or a newsreader. And that's how he was his entire life before he stumbled into the television business. But he's that dual talent where he's, he's a writer, he's talented, he's sensitive, he's, he's articulate and thoughtful, but also just a great entertainer and a great communicator. Uh, and Tucker off camera has that connection with his audience. That is just something that you're either born with or not. But uh, I, I even kind of remarked before that he's one of those rare people that as energetic as he is on camera, he's actually toned down from real life. <laughs> he kind of like that, you know, he's way more bonkers before the camera starts rolling. And then he kind of like tones it down a bit and starts the show and then goes into commercial and then he's back at it again, uh, which is sort of the opposite usually for people who are on television. Uh, so the only answer I can have to that really is it's a, it's a singular talent to be able to to have people feel that they have that personal connection with you every night as as he did and, and continues to, even though he's no longer on TV. I listened to your interview with Rose Unplugged, which I recommend everybody check that out. In the interview, you said that there was so much you had to leave out. And it's interesting because the book, it has not only these great historic moments where Tucker Carlson was on the cover of magazines and newspapers, but then you managed to get all this minutia and sometimes the details are what's so interesting, but what did you have to leave out? Cause you said I, there was stuff I had to leave out. Was there anything that you think I wish I could have worked that into the book? Well, I think, um, you know, when you're, no matter what there's going to be through the editor editorial, the editing process, there's going to be things like little moments, little jokes, little, little uh, parts of the book that you just totally love. You remember them so well and you're really proud of them, but they, they get cut for whatever reason, you know, you, your editor convinces you that it just doesn't fit right here and we need to shorten this part and whatever. So you make those sacrifices in writing school. We, we called it um, killing your babies. I think is a term that all writers know. Uh, and um so I guess off the top of my head, I I I I, I kind of can't think of specifically, but you know, there's a, just so many details about his life. One of the challenges was, I mean, there's so much you could talk about, and it's it's like, where do you narrow this down? Where do you keep try to keep the book engaging? Um, you know, inevitably, there's going to people who come out and say, "Well, you didn't cover this. You didn't talk about this or this." You know, of course. Uh, but you have to understand, as as any writer does, that it's you tr you make choices about what to include and what not to include. Um, so you know this book could have been four times as long, but that wouldn't have maybe been as much as a page turner. Um, but there's certainly when we first started out, I didn't really know how what approach I was going to take, and I first started to kind of go the more you know I was talking to my editor, do we have uh, do we do like issues chapters do we have like a chapter on ufos a chapter on j6 a chapter on covid and we kind of, i started kind of going in that direction um but realized that that's not what this book should be it needs to be more focused on him as a man uh if you want to know what he thinks of any of those issues it's out there i mean he was totally himself talking about that and continues to be 
all those monologues are 100% him writing them completely that that entire a block of the show um so uh we yeah I changed directions early on to 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 make this more um something that I I hoped would have um a longer shelf life and not something that would be so um uh pertinent to to today's headlines well, you very wisely did that because I was just thinking a rehash as I was reading the book of here are the things that Tucker Carlson thinks. Well, for those who watch the show, they've uh, maybe watched that and rewatched it. Uh, you know, I think one of the other things that I liked about the book was you get to meet all these people in his world. You know, uh, we can judge a man in some ways by the company they keep, but then there's your family as well. What do you think as far as the people that he chooses to surround himself with, the people he works with, what do you think about those people and what that says about Tucker Carlson? Yeah, he's he's very deliberate about the people he he surrounds himself with uh for good reason. And he his um you know his family is the most important thing in the world to him. His marriage to his beautiful wife Susie, who I who I got to know pretty well during this process. His father Dick, who was also a journalist and his greatest mentor, and I got to know Dick um, and his brother Buckley, and of course his four children and his four spaniels, who are who <laughs> he loves more than anything, and follow him everywhere and sleep on the bed with them every night. Him and Susie. Um, so it's it's very um, you know that's certainly he his his personal life and his his relationships and this extends to his his team his relationships with Justin his executive producer and um many of the other producers on the show uh that's so important to him and and it's 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 the reason why he's able to i think maintain sanity and be you know like a regular guy like a human being and and he's also able to have wonderful conversations about things that have nothing to do with politics. I think it's part of the reason why he's able to preserve a kind of rich inner life and spiritual life is because he has people around him who he trusts and who he can be himself around and, and relax around. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're around people who are constantly trying to undermine you, you're going to go insane and you're probably going to become an absolute jerk. Uh, and I think you can probably, if you meet people on television who are absolute jerks, you can probably uh, surmise from that that they don't have many people around them who they trust and um, who they don't feel like are always trying to undermine them. So that I, the people, Tucker's family and and his his close associates are are a huge reason why he is the way he is, and I think why he comes off as so honest and 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 attractive in the sense of uh, being a humorous and welcoming and warm person, and also a very you know uh, uh, a fierce and courageous person. Um, that's a, a huge part of it. Uh, and he, he's been with his wife, Susie, since they were 15 years old. They they met in boarding school at 15, got married when they were 21. Uh, they have like really one of the most lovely marriages I've ever seen in my life. They are they are so in love. And it's so great to see that, you know, staying in their home with them. They invited me to stay in their house for a few days. They're one of the trips um, visiting with them. Uh, and um, uh, it was an amazing thing to see. And and you can tell it's it's very important to him. Well, you know, there's that that adage behind every great man is is a woman, and we do get to meet Mrs. Mrs. Carlson in the book. Tell us a little bit about her. What what kind of lady is she? Oh, she's great. She's um she's she's beautiful. She's so warm. She uh she's um she showed me a stack of um over thirty date books that she kept one for every year they were married. And every single appointment, every, and she still handwrites out the date books. Uh, she is, uh, she loves reading books. 
they don't own televisions in any of their homes. They don't watch TV at all. Uh, she's never seen the show, but she reads his monologue every night. Uh, and uh, he he sends it to her before he sends it off to his producers to get her input on it. Um, she's, uh, you know, certainly a very devout mother. Um, when they met, her father was the uh, the principal of the boarding school. So that was a little nerve wracking for Tucker. Uh, and there's some fun stories about, you know, how they got along and what his, her parents thought of him when they first started dating. Um, but she's uh, she's just a, a really warm and gentle person. You know, one of those people that just sort of radiates love when you're around her. Uh, and that's it's really nice to see. And Chadwick, these are very exciting times for you. I've been following on Twitter and you had that event in Washington, D.C. Uh, you've been signing books for people posing for photos. You even got to hand a copy of the book, which you autographed, you signed over to President Donald Trump. So my question is, what are you going to inscribe in Joe Biden's copy of the book? (laughs) You know, I'm glad you asked that so I can start thinking about it (laughs) for the copy that I mailed to the White House. I might just tell him to turn to page X when uh, he's talking about Joe's uh, Dr. Jill, maybe. Maybe I think Joe might want to read that. Um, Tucker certainly had a lot to say about about the Bidens because uh, he's known them forever, uh, and I and I and I put a lot of that into the book. Um, I saw that Barack Obama just released his summer reading list, uh, and we weren't on it. I don't know why, but huh. uh, yeah. So I hope that he reads one too. This question comes from a, a viewer of ours, Robert McCready, and he's at Evening Magic on Twitter. He had a question. He said. What do you miss most about the way your life used to be? And of course, he's referring to your, you know, you used to be more associated with the left and now you are definitely not. Yeah. What do I miss most? Uh, I mean, nothing. There's nothing to miss. Um, You know, I think uh, shortly after my cancellation, there's probably a period where I really missed my friends, Um, but not anymore. I mean, my life has only gotten exponentially better uh and i've had this has been a huge week for me several milestones this week alone and um you know there's no one ever regrets yeah i have a lot i have a lot of people still reach out to me and they are you know they're like closet conservatives and they're afraid because they live in a liberal place like i do new york city or somewhere and i'm like nobody ever regrets like standing up for what they believe in like no one ever says like wow i wish i didn't say what i really thought about the world you know, uh, yeah. once you do it, it's it's um, extremely liberating. Um, it's it's amazing the to think about the. I don't know. I guess sort of like the psychological prison I, you're in when you're on the left. Not just me, but I think most people are. Where they're just they're too afraid to stand up or to think outside of any sort of a box, uh, and it turns them into really miserable people. I remember all my friends on the left were really beautiful, really smart, really successful people, and they were also miserable. And uh, on the right, you can have people who maybe don't seem like they have much in life, but they all seem so much more joyous and happy. (laughs) That's always been the biggest uh, difference I've noticed. So I don't really think there's anything to miss. I mean, no one really, I never regret, you know, saying what I think is true and standing up for it and consequences be damned. And as far as I can tell, there haven't been any negative consequences for it. That's good to hear. But, you know, all of the, all of the famous sayings about the truth all of them are in fact true the truth will set you free i mean all of that it, it's so true yeah <laughs> so true exactly every cliche about the truth or turns out to be true 
Has there been a favorite compliment that you've gotten about the book so far? Oh, uh, I I don't even know. I, I mean, you're, you're one of the few people to have actually read it so far. So um, I'll be interested to, to hear your take on it for sure. That's kind of flattering in a way uh, that I that I would get an early copy. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> was there a moment when you were writing this book? You know, I imagine there was a lot of times of sitting uh, at kitchen tables or traveling on location. Was there a peak moment for you where you thought this is really interesting? Yeah, I mean, probably probably my first so I'd known Tucker for a while, right? But I hadn't really spent any real one-on-one time with him. And I guess maybe, I mean, maybe the first time I went to Maine to see him um, late last spring, uh, you know, and he just sort of bounded into the room after that night's show. And 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 I was just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I was very struck by his, uh, his, his dinner conversation uh, because I mean, not had just sort of casual conversation before that, just one phone call. And we had texted a few times over the years. And, um, uh, I, I mean, I immediately knew like, wow, this guy's fascinating and, and hilarious. And this is going to be a really fun book. Uh, he was telling some crazy stories about Donald Trump that just had everyone in stitches around the dinner table. Um, but I guess, uh, I guess, I mean, I mean the, I, maybe the biggest moment would be after his Fox show was taken off the air. So we, um, updated the book and I, I got to interview him twice after the show was taken off the air, added two new chapters. But that moment, I think I had the, the, one of the biggest, mentally one of the biggest moments thinking about this book was when that happened because I realized that, wow, the 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 Tucker Carlson origin story, that's what we're, we're calling it, didn't end when he became the highest rated uh, show in cable news history. It ended on April 23rd, 2023. I mean, he really, that's that's the crescendo. He came into his own really at the Fox News years. And that is when he was kicked off that's the end of the origin story. Now he's going on to do something to be something completely else and to be completely unbound. Um, so when I kind of realized that it was, it was a moment that kind of struck me that um, that was a, a significant date. And, uh, and, and now it's chapter two for him or chapter three, maybe. Did you learn anything about yourself as a result of writing Tucker? He and Susie really reminded me about what's important in life. And, and, um, and it meant a lot to me. Um, and those things would be, you know, love the stars and dogs. Uh, and, um, yeah, I had a moment when I was with them, when I realized that I was losing track of that and sight of that because I'm too bogged down in, in shit that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Uh, you know, work and politics and and what have you and and drama. Um, so that was certainly something that I'm going to keep with me always, uh, and I and I'm grateful for, and I have kept that with me since um since then. Well, Chadwick Moore, thank you very much for this interview. I want everybody. You have a website. It's chadwickmore.com. I can also follow you on Twitter, Chadwick underscore Moore, and then it's TuckerTheBook.com. Is that right? Yes, that's right. I have one final real quick question. When Tucker got, whatever you want to call it, released from Fox, there were all these celebrities. Like I remember Michael Rappaport, if I'm pronouncing his name right. And he made this like gloating video. And there was a lot of that from the media, the view. 
My last question is very simple because he's a man who is famous for his laugh. Will Tucker get the last laugh? <laughs> Tucker, if you've been following him since that, and especially recently, he's having a great time. I mean, nobody can say he's not. He's all laughs and smiles. So I think he's having the last laugh and will continue to for the foreseeable future, I would imagine. Well, Chadwick Moore, it's great to meet you. I, I didn't I didn't get a, a Chick-fil-A drink, but... Uh, I'm toasting you, <laughs> and I, I, I hope uh, I hope to interview you again, maybe on the next book. Oh, I'd love to, Paul. That'd be great. Thanks for having me on. All right, sir. Have a All great right, weekend. See you later. You too. See ya. You know, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by people like you, listeners, viewers. Please go to thepaulleslie.com slash support. And you'll know what to do when you're there. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who contributes. Performance of The Entertainer intro song by John Primerano. And of course, this is your announcer speaking. See you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.